third and final episode in an Oscars trilogy of the Long Take Podcast, which has very quickly gone from this is not a podcast to it is now a podcast. And there are three episodes somehow. Uh, we started with a discussion of the above the line categories with Antonio. So the, like the major kind of most, most talked about categories. Uh, and then I just earlier today finished recording with my friend Greg Cass. Uh, we talked about the features and the shorts. And now I'm here with another dear friend and colleague, PT McNeef, uh, to dissect the below the line categories. Uh, hi, PT. How are you doing? Are you ready to get crafty? I, I, I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm excited to get crafty. I'm very excited at the way that you have framed this because everyone knows the third in a trilogy is the bloated, disappointing chapter. So I'm ready. I'm ready to go. See, I was going to say you're we get, we get to be the return of the king that actually wins the Oscar. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's fair. We're we're, we're right? the culmination of the uh, <laughs> uh, of of the whole the whole uh, endeavor. So good. I'll take that instead. Nice. Uh, so I should pause to to explain. For the listeners who maybe aren't steeped in Oscarology, that when we say above the line and below the line, generally that refers to people who are either in front of the camera operating, like, you know, that they're like in charge. Some people are like the categories people care about and the categories people don't care about. That's not what we're doing here. The one with we, don't, we don't subscribe people. to that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the below the line categories are more crafts. Uh, categories where the folks are behind the camera, behind the scenes, typically, uh, and not not high profile like some of the nominees for the above line category. So that's just kind of a quick explanation for what what we mean when we say those things. Uh, so we're going to be talking about production design, visual effects, costume design, makeup and hairstyling, cinematography, editing, sound, and just throwing in for good measure, original song. That's not exactly a craft category, <laughs> but it's a fun one. Uh, I appreciate you divided the music up uh, between Greg and, and me in order yeah, to... Yeah, Greg got score, you're getting song. I, I didn't see a better way to kind of evenly distribute it, so here we are. Uh, are you ready to get started? Uh, I am, I am. I I was going to note just a couple of meta things before sure. we dive into the categories. I don't know if uh, I, if that's something you're interested in. Uh, I could You could just tell me to stop, I guess. Always. Go ahead. Right. Uh, so, I mean, in, in general, I, I want to say, like, I like, I like the Oscars as a framework to talk about movies. Antonio sort of said something like this, too, where it's, it gets you to watch movies that maybe you wouldn't have seen otherwise. It also is, you know, this fun kind of meta gaming of, like, utilizing game theory to try to see, like, how are all these pieces going to fit together? Uh, I very much ascribe uh, or subscribe uh, to your theory of kind of like we spread the the academy wants to spread the wealth um and in this this era when they're really trying to expand the academy it's like where uh where is that uh expanded population uh that attempts to at least increase diversity and international representation where is that going to uh, appear uh in these uh in these uh, these votes um so to me i feel like looking at the craft categories um you know there's there's sort of two um, not competing narratives, but uh, intersecting narratives. One is the sort of big one that I know you've already talked about uh, in the earlier uh, uh, the earlier installments of this trilogy, uh, which is the everything, everywhere, all at once 
uh, uh, momentum train uh, every award, every category in linear succession, um, which is potentially what it might feel like. And like it's picking up momentum. Could it start to sweep up in its tail some of these awards that it's nominated for down here? Um, but it isn't the movie that is like leading the charge in craft nominations this year. There are two movies that have six across the um, eight categories that we're uh, we're talking about. Um, I'm sorry, nine. I, I did include when I was thinking about this. I included score. Um, so I'm I'm, I'm poaching from Greg uh, slightly. Um, but All Quiet on the Western Front and Elvis both have six, uh, and they're sort of competing back and forth for where are they going to get their recognition? And also, it's like, are either of those movies going to get their own little sense of sort of almost not backlash necessarily, but you know, um, anti-hero uh, mm-hmm. momentum in the in the narrative for people who are like, I don't know if I want to vote for everything, everywhere, all at once. Insane people who who are very uh, have bad taste, uh, in my opinion. But uh, you know, are they going to are they going to flock to one of these movies, and are one of them going to get a little bit of uh, steam going through these categories? So uh, yeah, that's that was mainly it in terms of like what I was sort of looking at, thinking about when um when dealing with this and there was some degree of trying to psychoanalyze like what voters might think what do new voters uh uh think and then what are the sort of crusty old like mostly white mostly dudes uh again most and mostly uh older uh voters like uh, how stodgy are they how resistant are they to for being to being told what to like um and are they going to backlash against some of these things um but i don't know if i can do that so um Instead, I looked at the odds websites and mostly just followed what they said. The weird thing about this season has been that everyone keeps saying, don't forget that that group of voters, mm-hmm. the backlash voters. I think when I was talking to Antonio, I called them the green book voters. People who were <laughs> like, don't tell me what to like. I mm-hmm. want this other thing. Right. I feel like at every turn, everything everywhere has just proven that wrong, that either those people aren't voting this year in the, in their guilds and the precursors, or they're just, not, there aren't enough of them to make a difference or something like that because it keeps winning. Right. Or they like everything everywhere all at once, even though it's not a movie about them. They're just like, yeah, this is great. And right. I'm, I'm or they, yeah, they appreciate what it's doing, even if they personally don't like it or something like that. Right. Uh, they appreciate what it means for the industry or for mm-hmm. something or for movie going in general or something like that. Because it has the rare thing of being like an indie film in its formation, but then also like a big blockbuster in it in how yeah. it did at the box office and sort of the genre, like the genre that it's sort of playing with and stuff like that. So, yeah, really interesting year. But I also agree with you that the when I was doing this set of categories in particular, the breakdown was kind of surprising in terms of like, whoa, like there are certain movies that we're going to talk about that I'm like, why are they winning so much? <laughs> Yeah. I would not have expected that. And yet, mm-hmm. when you add them up, it becomes it becomes complicated. So uh, let's, you want to just get into it? Let's get into it. Yeah, let's dive in. All right. So we're going to start with production design. The nominees, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and The Fableman. So let's start with what do you think will win here? Uh, for will win, I think it's going to be Babylon, uh, which I think this is going to be where it gets its recognition, uh, the, you know, all of the, all of the sets and especially when it's like on the movie sets, like with the, within the movies and the huge party that is the whole, I don't want to say the whole first act, but certainly the whole first sequence, um, is, is just, it's, it's incredible. There's all these things, but it's very flashy. Um, mm-hmm. and this is, uh, 
you know, this, this is, this is a year, um, where there's a lot of flash, uh, in these, uh, uh, in these movies. Um, and, you know, I think that Babylon underperformed, uh, certainly in the box office. Also, I think in terms of numbers of nominations, um, but I do think there's enough kind of energy where they're like, well, we want to like acknowledge it. Uh, and so this is, uh, the place for it. Um, I had for should win, and maybe this was like a little bit of a reach, but I said Avatar, The Way of Water. Um, I'm going to be honest that I'm not 100% certain um, where production design ends and where visual effects begins um, for a movie like this. But um, the first Avatar did win production design, uh, or I think it was Art Direction still, uh, back in uh, 2009. Oh, I I didn't remember that. That's really interesting. So, um, yeah. So, you know, it it just, it, it feels like as... Uh, impressive as it was for Babylon to uh, recreate like the past, the, you know, level of degree of detail and sort of different scenes in Pandora, the fantasy world, the spaceship uh, and everything, you know, deserves just as much recognition. That's also maybe because I wouldn't feel like I need to reward Babylon. No disrespect. I, I kind of, I enjoyed part of it, but like it was fine. I don't think it needs to win. And I would almost rather Avatar just gets another Oscar Asterisk will come back to its guaranteed win. Uh, so the per- the predominant commentary I've heard against Avatar having a shot here is that the Academy, most Academy voters will assume that because it's animated, right? Sort of like they'll put it, they'll put it, you know, they'll put it in another category that we're about to talk about. Yes. Well, yeah, and I don't think it'll have a shot yeah. win. I think uh, you know, if uh if there's going to be uh, you know, if there's going to be uh, another movie to uh, uh, to take it, it's it's one of our two. This is going to be a recurring thread um, from from me. You know, it's Elvis or All Quiet on the Western Front are is all are always lurking whenever they're nominated to maybe snatch up one of these awards. Yeah. Um, I think All Quiet is probably like the the most likely challenger for this, just because that's got I think got a little bit more momentum. Um, uh, although we can we can talk about this, this is another one of these little like weird trivia tidbits that I found out. Um, there there's only, there have only been four Oscars won by Baz Luhrmann movies, and they've all been won by the same person, uh, and it's his wife, Catherine Martin, right? Right, who does yeah. production design and she does costumes. Uh, and I shouldn't say just her because she has partners. I think in both of those, but she has she has won each of the Oscars um, that has been uh, awarded and. We'll get to whether I think Bill, uh, she has a chance in costume design, but I mean, she is a two-time winner. Is there a degree of like, yeah, Catherine Martin. Yeah. Elvis. Like, like, Oh, look at all the, you know, look at all the Elvisy things. They made all this in Australia. Like they made, you know, Memphis and Las Vegas in Australia. That's um, you know, that is impressive. So uh, I do think those have uh, way better chances than Avatar. That's just what I would vote for. I would vote for way of water. How about you? Yeah. So I think the main thing going for Elvis that I've heard is that everything is built. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking at that from a production, like oftentimes, on, like, you know, whether or not it's good or bad that this happens is debatable, but I, oftentimes with these categories, it's, it's more like there's more, if the, like, if you do more production design, if there, it's more extra, right. If it's really flashy, like you're saying, and noticeable, then it tends to have an edge. But I think the the story that because they shot Elvis during COVID and therefore had to not really film that much on location and just sort of built everything that that's in there, everything's a recreation on set, uh, that a lot of people, if they know that, that they'll be really impressed by it. 
and therefore vote for it. I actually still have Babylon as my will win as well, but I only recently changed that because mm-hmm. I originally was like, well, Babylon couldn't even get into best picture. So like, what are we, you know, what are we doing here? But then every single Oscars pundit I've listened to recently has been like, it's Babylon. And I think that might be partially because it's won some precursors. It won, it won the art director's right? award. I know that yeah. it might've won some of the like other ones around there, but that, you know, to your point of people might be like, Oh, well, this is impressive. It's like the people in the field chose Babylon and you know is there you know again this is I don't know it's it's somewhat right. a black box or maybe it's just I don't dig into it enough but you know my thinking would try to be like I guess they know what they're talking about so okay uh I so I think that may be part of why Babylon yeah. still has this and name. the other thing I've heard a lot too is that even if you don't like Babylon as a film mm-hmm. you can still recognize that the production design is really elaborate and impressive mm-hmm. uh, and sort of like is the movie yeah uh, now, do we do we have room? I should have asked this before we started recording. Do we have room for the like movies we wished were nominated? Sure, you can you can throw that in. Uh, so mine uh, is which I, I did put in my in my draft in my long take um, uh, is uh, three thousand years of longing, which is the George Miller movie uh, about a a gin and uh and a, a an academic and sort of the the like fairy tales and and stories that are told um and i thought it was beautiful i love that movie it's i'm like the only person in the world i think who loved it um but i thought it was great and i would have loved for that to be uh nominated here i don't know what i would have uh pushed out uh necessarily uh sadly probably the fablemans but um uh, which uh, I only recently watched. Yeah, that's the one I don't really understand why it's in here. I feel like it's just Rick Carter. Like people are like, yeah, Rick Carter. Like that guy's okay, good. Yeah. And, you know, he gets the the sort of, you know, people like him. So uh, he's done a lot of work. He's done, done, done great work. Um, so I don't know. I would have put that, you know, that movie kind of came and went, but I do. I never it. actually managed to see that. So that makes me want to see it more. There's, catch up on it. There, there is inherently something to uh, unpack and think about of uh, a, a older Australian man and his daughter writing a movie about a Middle Eastern folk tale uh, or real folklore creature um, that is not like not ignored in the movie to a degree. Cause it's like still the swing, but it's still there, but it's definitely still there. And so, you know, that I think that's, if there's anyone who watched it or didn't watch it, or you watched it and reacted poorly to that or didn't watch it because of it, I would fully understand and endorse that. Um, but if you were, if you're also uh, a white guy like me and you can get over that hump, uh, it's, uh, or if, even if you're not, uh, it's, uh, I think there's a lot there. I think it's great. Uh, my should win is actually All Quiet on the Western Front, which is somewhat surprising because I often, I'm putting it in my predictions as a like, despite what I think. Mm-hmm. But this one is the one that I'm actually on board with because to me, the best part about that movie which in a lot of ways, like, is very impressive, especially technically. Doesn't do a ton of things that's new. I think you texted me like, yeah, war's bad. When you watched it, right? I mean, um, I, seems confirmed. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, that's why it's not like, overall, it's not really kind of at the top of my list. But for me, the best, most impressive part and what the most distinctive part of the film was how it was showing the class difference between the way that the the officers that were or the you know the political figures who were sort of orchestrating and negotiating the war were living versus 
how the soldiers in the trenches and kind of like wandering through these these deserted houses uh and sort of the stark contrast visually between those two uh that i thought was like the 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 most interesting part for me of the film and i so i feel like the production design really is what's accomplishing that um and yeah and just like yeah creating creating the the mood that they that they need to kind of like create that because they you know no one at any point has a monologue that's like we're out here in the trenches while you're getting fat on you know your dinner at the the, the bank fancy banquet table but like they're showing it so so that's kind of how i landed on on my should win I, I i totally get that and i wouldn't be mad if it won uh it's you know i, I think everything you say is uh is correct I, and i i think if it didn't seem like the movie was in line to win other awards uh i might have given it more consideration here than than i did um and i i do think it's like i said i think it's the second most likely i think that it's more i think it's more likely to overtake babylon than elvis is mm, interesting okay yeah all right Thank so you. now we're on to visual effects which is a must much less rich category in terms of prognostication well, yeah uh, i mean who do you got... think will win jen <laughs> i know you're on the your seat right uh we've got all quiet on the western front Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you have Avatar. It was an honor just being nominated for four of those movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the lock of all locks. It's Avatar The Way of Water. Will win, should win. It's steamrolled through all the precursors. Uh, I mean, it's it, like like we were just saying about production design it's it's the category where if people are like well, i don't know how to credit this movie for what it's actually what's actually happening here uh everyone knows it can go into visual effects and uh you know it's now the third highest grossing movie worldwide uh it's you know a, a insanely successful uh and uh, it, you know whatever flaws the movie has it's gorgeous and like and it's it's the effects are incredible it took another dozen years um for I guess no, 13 years for it to be finished. Um, so, uh, you know, beyond the fact that presumably every working visual effects uh, person probably did something for it at some point, um, there's, you know, I just think there's universal acclaim. For I hadn't it. even thought about that part. That makes a lot of sense. Um, here, here's the, 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 my, my one, my one tidbit. Um, I actually, I have two tidbits. Um, my, my one tidbit is it got, uh, nominated 14 times at the Visual Effects Society Awards, um, which is the sort of craft category, you know, craft award ceremony for this. Uh, it won nine of the awards. The five that it lost, it lost to itself. Uh, it was, it was five different times that it was nominated in the same category as another aspect of the movie. Amazing. So it swept, uh, it swept every feature film thing. And yet the only losers were, you know, lost to another, another faction here. Yeah, I feel like yeah. The the one thing this film is universally is it is undeniable as the technical achievement, and it also has the narrative of sort of how long James Cameron was working on this, right? And how this is kind of like advancing the technology and making this look, at, you know, as good as it can, and innovating in that front seems to be his kind of like career white whale that he's like mm-hmm. constantly obsessing over, right? I feel like that's that's the story we hear about the, him and the making of this movie, and so yeah, I think yeah, this is a slam dunk. Uh, can I tell you about my my journey with Avatar The Way of Water? Please. So I actually only just saw this movie this past weekend. Okay. In a theater, because it's the yeah. only way you can see it now, which makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, and I had dragged my feet to see it even after it got nominated for best picture, not because I hated the original one or anything like that, though. I feel like the farther out I got from watching it, right. It has been a long time. Mm-hmm. The, the less compelling it seemed and the more basic the story seemed and kind of was like, what was really other than it looking nice? Like what was really the big deal about this? So I was sort of like, not that enthused to see it. And then I saw it and it totally blew me away. <laughs> Uh, I still think this, the story is like very, very simple. And there's some, there's some choices that are very questionable, like, mm-hmm. you know, which, which I can't really talk about without spoiling it probably. The, um, the but certain, certain storylines, certain storylines and threads that, that worked for me, others that definitely did not. However, just the, like you were saying, the world building and how they managed to sort of up the ante where they were like, cause, cause I think when I was watching this, the first act, I largely could have done without, or it could have been like a 10 minute kind of like prologue of how they got to the water. But once they were in the water, I was all in. I was like, this is amazing. I'm loving all the creature designs. I love the sort of like the sci-fi rules about like how they're breathing under the water and like, just like, you know, all those, all the things that the characters have to learn sort of when they get to this new, this new world. And, you know, I'm here all day for, lobster whales like they're amazing i wanted a whole spinoff movie of just about the whales um disney plus 2023 yeah do it let's do it uh now i understand why there's a theme park that they're <laughs> that they're building right uh it all made it suddenly made sense and i felt kind of foolish for like having dried my feet the other thing too i was like i know what this is going to be that was kind of my impression so i was like i don't really need to see it right now because i know what it is but it, then i didn't and i felt silly mm-hmm. Being like, why did I? Why did I bet against uh, Big Jim, as they call him on the picture? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 true. I there's something there is some degree uh, that maybe it's like it's sort of cotton candy where you're just like, why am I not doing this all the time? And then it's done. It's done, and it's just like it's gossamer. It's disappeared. Mm. Um, but it's such. It's just such a fun time, and it's you know, there's that that um, Scorsese. Uh, uh, knock on Marvel movies that they're not movies. They're they're theme park rides. Like Avatar might be a theme park ride, but it's a real good theme park ride. Yeah. James Cameron knows how to do that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so I I get it. Um, and as I know, I've said this to you uh before. Uh, one thing that I really like about the the existence of Avatar in my life is it's a good uh piece of ballast when I I as a fellow Star Wars hyper nerd talks to a normie about Star Wars. I have to think like wait. How would I feel if someone talked to me like this about Avatar, where if they were getting deep in like Navi culture or like the names of like tertiary characters um, that aren't Jake, uh, like I would be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, out. I'm already out. Uh, so I am glad that that exists. Um, but I'm glad you finally saw it. And I'm glad that you did like it because it's a, the it's- the high frame rate did bother me for a while. It took me a long time to get used to it. The thing about the high frame rate now, where this is like a tangent upon a tangent, but the thing about the high frame rate is it drops out of the high frame rate. And then it looks like something's wrong with the projector when it goes back to 24 frames per second. That was my experience with it. Mm. Kind of, uh, if Jim, Jim Cameron, if he wants any notes, um, I would say uh, maybe if only the underwater stuff mm. was high frame rate and then everything above ground was standard, that could have been maybe something that worked. But mm. uh, again, third highest grossing movie of all time. So it's probably okay. They can, um, they can work on it in the next one. 
Um, so to, I, I know we spent uh, way too much time on like the easiest category, um, but just two quick things. Uh, one is um, assuming again, like not like a, assuming there isn't a massive upset, all due respect to the rest of the nominees. Uh, they all, uh, uh, I, again, I hope they all felt honored being nominated, but assuming there isn't a massive upset here, um, this will be the sixth James Cameron movie that wins a visual effects Oscar. Oh. Uh, and that will break the tie, giving him the most uh, the most number of movies. Um, his tie is with uh, producer George Pal, who made movies in like the fifties and sixties, like Destination Moon, and some other movies that won like the, like back then they won the Visual Effects Awards, like through the fifties. Right, so he had a head start. Right, and George Lucas for what movies he directed and movies he produced. So right. they all have five, oh. and this will be six for Mr. Cameron. Um, right. And the other question, which is like like zooming out to multiple years. Um, and there's, I don't think there's an answer for this, but the sort of thing hanging is given that this will only win one Oscar probably, uh, and has only been nominated for a few. Is this the two towers effect? Is this the Academy? Oh no. Say, as referenced earlier, um, are they waiting for avatar three fire Island for, uh, like, will, will that be with, if they're like, he nailed it, he did it again. You know, ten statues. You know, right. They'll wait till we're wrapping. He's king up. of the world again. He's king of Pandora uh, this time. And uh, you know, is that it, or is it you know just going to be an, another blockbuster? You know, some below the lines, maybe another best picture nomination, and that's it. But uh, I remember hearing that question a lot earlier in the season when 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 this movie was more of a contender for best picture. Mm-hmm. When when like pre nominations, when people were like, "Is it going to make it in? Is it not? Are they going to wait?" Uh, you know, and, and now I feel like it really has kind of dwindled mm-hmm. in terms of its, its, its chances in other categories and that this is the, the one place. I think this is the only place I'm predicting it to win. Yeah. Which, I mean, that does kind of sound like my ve- very vague memory of what happened with the two towers is right. like, but that's also different because it was like, bam, 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 like three years in a row. Whereas like James Cameron is going to be in another be, 10 or 15 years. Right. He's, he's going to be you know, wheeled out um in uh uh you know to 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 present the awards in 2045 for um for the award so anyway that that's my trivia tidbit nice i love it that was really great see we yeah you you we thought where this was going to be a super quick category we really (laughs) nope we can't wait till we get to the ones that are contentious okay so next up we have best costume uh (laughs) babylon black panther wakanda forever Elvis, everything, everywhere, all at once, and Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. So, what is your will win? So, my will win is Elvis. Uh, I, that's the. I mean, I think that is the sort of statistical front runner right now. I think it's won the most precursors, if my notes are are correct. Um, again, there's the. Uh, oh no! And now Catherine Martin. I almost lost her name. Uh, here um, is you know she she is the person who wins Oscars for Baz Luhrmann movies um, and uh, you know the it's it's I mean what a time right like it's this iconic figure uh, it's these iconic decades the you know 50s 60s and 70s that she gets to work with um, and you know this is where I feel like it starts to get uh, like Elvis got a lot of nominations people really like Elvis 
is, you know, the, the, the question sort of hanging over is like, is Austin Butler going to win? Uh, and if you're a voter and you are like, I liked Elvis or Elvis is, you know, did a lot of stuff, um, you know, and I, it's both maybe I really liked it. I'm voting for Butler and I want to vote for something down below. Or it's like, I'm going somewhere else for best actor, but I want to make sure it gets something. I kind of feel like this is where uh, things are, are going to coalesce. What, what do you think will win? I also have Elvis. Um, and I think part of it is just, again, to go back to this more, like, are you more, are you extra compared mm-hmm. to everybody else? Uh, Martin designed more than 90 costumes from scratch oh, for Austin Butler. So if that's getting around, people know that that's an easy, easy vote. Right. Um, but I also think that, like you're saying, originally when I was looking at this list, I went to Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris because I was like, period pieces always win mm-hmm. or usually win. And Jenny Bevan won, I believe it was, was it last year for Koala or was that the year before? I don't have that information handy. <laughs> you don't just know that off the top of your head, VT. No. Um, yeah, she won recently for whenever, whatever year Koala was nominated. Uh, and so that's why I was like, ah, I got this. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And then that was very early on when nominations came out. And now I'm definitely totally switched over. And I, because I realized, oh, Elvis is also a period piece. It's just many periods. <laughs> right. Uh, Cruella was periods. back here. Uh, you, you're correct. Cruella was 2021. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah. And I correctly predicted her last year. So I was like, oh yeah, like maybe this, this is happening again. But yeah, I've totally switched now to Elvis. Uh, what is your should win? Uh, for me, my should win, and this is sort of the like, I'm stuck talking about the craft categories. Uh, no disrespect to the craft categories. This is where I said should win is everything everywhere all at once for all those sort of different looks that they had over the course of the movie. And, you know, if again, like that was my favorite movie of last year. Uh, I know there's some like some degree of backlash against it. Um, but like this is a place where I would consider, um, uh, you know, kind of throwing it a, a, some extra votes, uh, if, if I had a vote or if I had, you know, control over all of this, um, to be like, yeah, no, the, the, the costume, that's another sort of aspect of this multiversal story and the way it evoked these different genres of movies sort of, uh, in, in this sort of like, as soon as you saw someone, you were like, yes, I get it. We're in the Wong Kar Wai part or we're in the sort of, you know, the, the Kung Fu section. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, that's what I would, I would say, um, how about you? What were you, what would be your should win? My should win is Wakanda Forever, yeah. because Ruth Carter is amazing and she deserves a second Oscar. When I think back to that movie, I remember so many specific costumes, okay. and it's been a while since I've watched it now. And and I feel like the all the the funeral costumes, the all white, everything was gorgeous, mm-hmm. and all the stuff for Namor, amazing. All the stuff that Shuri wears also. Just very, very intricate, very, actually very varied. Like she has some sportier looks and she has some more elaborate, uh, so sort of like traditional garb. And so, yeah, so I, to, to me, I feel like that's when I think back to these movies, those are the costumes that I remember the most. I also think that, you know, if I were, if, if I, you know, again, I was, I said everything everywhere all at once. I was considering, strongly considering Wakanda forever. I think that's the, main challenger here that's the one that has a shot of uh, uh overtaking elvis um you know the the simple math is catherine martin has four oscars 
uh, Ruth only has one. So like, what are we doing? Like, why are we not giving Ruth Carter another uh, Academy Award? I do think it's like this choice sort of both for my will and should is just sort of how much Wakanda Forever is faded. Like if, if Angela Bassett can't do the thing, I don't know if Ruth Carter can either. Um, I think, I think Wakanda Forever is just not doing anything. Uh, which, um, it was Wakanda for like four months and then, uh, uh, and And not forever. Um, I, I also loved the costumes. I'm with you with everything everywhere, especially all the Jobu Tabaki costumes are just insanely creative. But in terms of like my prognosticating brain creeps in and says like, well, but this, this category never rewards contemporary costumes. Yes. No, that's true. And again, like I'm, my, I, I guess I approach should win as this is who I would vote for. Not necessarily like who, like, I think has any shot. I don't think it has a shot. Um, it, it, I will say this. If they give costume design early in the night and everything everywhere all at once somehow does win, the route is on. Like, it's like expected. That's true. To like that. Yeah. At what, at what point do you think we is a red flag for a sweep? That, Although I don't know, I, mean, I don't know the order in which they're presenting the categories this year. So that I don't matter. either, but yeah, I, I think, honestly, I think anything down here in the, in the craft categories. So what would that be? I mean, costume design, um, and, uh, song, which we'll get to later. I think if it wins song or, I mean, song usually is, a, they want to do all the performances. That's score, usually... score also, I think would be. Oh, a score. Hug. Is it, is it a score? I forgot that. Yeah. So if I, I would think if it's, the earliest one would probably be score costume design, or honestly, if they, assuming they do it earlier, supporting actress. Mm. Uh, oh, true. Yeah. That could be huge. You know, that's I would assume if I were them, I would put supporting actor early in the show. Agreed. But sometimes you know, like they end up doing way. both of them in the first, you know, five oh, that's true. Usually those are done pretty quickly. So it's usually like yeah. one, one supporting is first and then yeah, the other one a little bit, like not too much further in. But, um, yeah. The, Is there a nominee on this list we haven't talked about? I guess we haven't talked about Babylon's costumes. Um, no, I mean, basically, I, I will, I will admit I started, I was, I went alphabetically when I was putting my thing together and I made, like, wrote like a whole paragraph about like, and this is why I'm, Babylon should win because, like all the stuff that I realized that it's the front runner for production design. And I was like, Oh, everything I said about production design is also true for costumes. So I'll just move it. I'll just move that over to production design. Um, but it's the same idea of like classic Hollywood stuff. Like all these, so many people are are there and they all look very unique. I, it's a, an understandable nomination. But it's also really anachronistic mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like might rub people the wrong way, including myself. I don't know. So I have, I had, I made, I already made this confession once earlier today with Greg. I haven't finished watching Babylon. That, I, I can't imagine why the first 15 minutes would turn you off. And it, I mean, it wasn't really that, but it was more like, oh, I can't just like casually watch this in my house. Like I have to, like, <laughs> excuse me. It's, have it's to, a like, fever dream of a movie. Yeah. And so like, I think I've gotten, I think I've gotten through, I'm just about done with the first act. And like, while, you know, it's, so yeah, I've made it, like I told Greg, I've made it through the cocaine and the bodily fluids, I think. Okay. Uh, but, and like, I don't really know how I feel about the movie as a whole yet. So that's premature. My judgment on the whole film is premature. But I do, I do, I did feel like the flagrant disregard for the, and this makes me so basic. I feel like I, what I've learned from doing this 
is that I would be a pretty basic Academy voter probably. Yeah, that's okay. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like especially uh, Margot Robbie's main costume that you see in all the promo materials. Mm-hmm. I was just like, what? The, the, like, why is she wearing that? Right. So, because it just didn't look like something. I don't know. So, so yeah, that's it's TBD. We'll see. We'll see how I feel by the end of the movie. But well, it's great. By the time you finish it, it will be uh, due for a uh, reclamation. So maybe you can be right at the forefront of trying to tamp that down if you still don't like it in you know, late 2024 when you're finally able to get through it. Um, the only thing I'll say, and, and I think everything you're saying is fair about, uh, about Babylon. Um, I think you're right. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris period piece. It's a movie about clothes. So that seems like it would be nominated. I would have loved for the woman King to find a spot in here. Um, yeah. for the there. Um, that's my like wish it had been nominated, but I don't have a clear, sort of like ouster um i think i said mrs harris just because that's the movie that's only nominated here so i assume that was last one in but um yeah i I, I would have liked woman king too that i would rather woman king be the movie that at least got one obligate you know sort of hat tip nomination as opposed to mrs harris goes to paris for full confession i've seen neither of those but i have seen enough uh, uh images and 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 trailers for the woman king to be like this looks amazing and these costumes are incredible and everyone talked about how good they are so i hear you all right so next up is makeup and hairstyling mm-hmm. our nominees are all quiet on the western front the batman black panther wakanda forever elvis and the whale so mm-hmm. where did you land with this one um i did uh, it's interesting how uh, I listened to your uh, conversation with Antonio. And when you talked about best actor, you were talking about the connection between acting and, uh, and makeup. And I ultimately did the same thing that I think both of you did, or, or at least one of you. And I can't remember which one I should have taken notes. Um, but uh, I said the whale will win because I want Elvis to win. And that's sort of the coin flip is between those two. Um, after I started sort of assembling this, like over the course of the last few days, I think Elvis picked up one or two more precursor wins. Mm. So now it looks like Elvis actually, like it's not as much of a tie and Elvis is kind of ahead. Um, so theoretically, maybe I should change Will Win to also be Elvis. Um, but in the interest of, you know, calming myself, if the whale wins instead of Elvis uh, or the whale wins, period, uh, I can, I can, you know, say, well, at least, at least I predicted it. So that's what I have in the battle of the fat suits. What, uh, what did you think, Jen? I have, I have Elvis as my will win. So mm-hmm. that, that should be a, a beacon of hope for you. I think it is because it will be paired with Austin Butler's win and best actor. Okay. So I think, as I said with Antonio, if I switched one, I have to switch the other. Cause I think they are going to go together. I believe I actually incorrectly cited Renee Zellweger as being in this situation because I think she I think mm-hmm. Judy and I did I should have looked this up because I think it lost a bombshell but I said I grouped it in with the win like the makeup wins it with the is paired with the actors win right Academy Award winner bombshell bombshell uh, did in fact and was, that was the only thing it won that year I think um, but uh, yeah mm-hmm. the consensus across the podcasts I listen to and the pundits that I follow seems to be elvis is looking good here uh but it could very easily go to the whale i think elvis should be the winner because it's makeup and hairstyling and elvis's hair is just as iconic as 
all the clothes and, and the dance moves. So like, that's crucial. And, you know, there is, it goes across multiple decades, you know, let's, let's not forget the hairstyle part. So that makes sense for Elvis to win. My should win is the Batman. I'm fine with that. Because you know what, if we're going to be awarding heavy use of eye eye makeup, (laughs) why not make it for, for the Batman? And also again, we're looking at prosthetics Colin Farrell looked amazing and not recognizable as Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell disappears in, in, into third place in the best actor race, disappears into third place in the fat suit race down here. It's very disappointing that yep. Colin Farrell's criminally under, under recognized this year. Um, I'm into that. For me, this was the place I, I, I believe, um, actually, I guess it isn't the only place where I have Elvis in my should win teaser um but i i sort of had it because it was the coin flip and like i did i think i liked elvis more than everyone else did like you, you and antonio were both like man um for me elvis was a, a a standard baz lerman experience the first 40 minutes are just this like head rush of great time uh running through like an insane thing and then just like another one and a half to two hours of slowly falling apart um which like I don't know. I don't mind that. Um, I also kind of love Tom Hanks being a supervillain as Colonel Tom Parker, which I think a lot of people hated. Um, like I liked how crazy he was in that role. Um, not that I'm saying it's the right choice, but I, I think I, I waited long enough to see it that I'd heard so many bad things that I had a better time than I. Did. You were pleasantly surprised. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and to be clear, the Baz Luhrmann factor was actually not the, any, the problem I had with the movie. I actually quite like Baz Luhrmann's other films. Uh, I feel like I'm a Moulin Rouge apologist in a lot of conversations. So that wasn't the issue for me. It was more the Tom Hanks part of it. It was, it was the, the premise of framing the story around Tom Hanks's character was really the problem for me. I was like, this doesn't make sense. And I don't like what Tom Hanks is doing. It's very distracting. And, and, and like, why are we telling why it just seemed like, why are we telling Elvis's story through the perspective of someone who who exploited him and i get how yeah i don't know that's it just it wasn't it wasn't what i wanted and i and i totally get if it worked it worked for you or some some other folks and that's 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 great it didn't incredibly work for me like it would it's it's in the lower third probably of the the best picture uh nominees that i've seen at least um but yeah i mean i i guess i also sort of bought into the idea of like oh right he's an unreliable narrator who's like telling the like sort of the, the skewed version of the story. I, I watched uh, all of uh, John Carpenter's filmography uh, like a year or two ago. And he did it. The first thing he did with Kurt Russell was a TV Elvis movie, like within a year and a half of Elvis dying that is approved by the estate, very much a hagiography. Kurt Russell's amazing. Uh, like, I think he, if you love Austin, I Butler, can see that. 70s Kurt Russell as Elvis, also great. Um, but you know, it was sort of just like, great. I like, I wasn't excited for this because it's like, I just watched a movie called Elvis. Like, I just saw it like a year ago. And so I actually liked that it was like, oh, it's from this like flawed, like wrong perspective. Um, like that seemed intentional. Um, but certainly off putting and I get not liking it. And again, the Baz Luhrmann of it is, is partially a positive and partially a negative for me. So. Anyway, uh, yeah. Is there anything else to discuss here? Oh, 
last thing I'll say is if All Quiet wins here, there's an All Quiet run that's that's happening. Oh, yeah. I no... have heard a lot of arguments for the mud caked on their faces and how, you know, every, every promotional image for the film is focusing on close-ups of their faces with the dirt all over it. So, yeah, I, I can I can see it. But yeah, you're right. Like this is a this is a bellwether for what other categories if um I'll quiet Yeah. It, it didn't even take the BAFTA in this, uh, which you know it was running through the BAFTAs. So if it does somehow win, there's just a wave. Uh, that's a different wave is happening. Um but yeah. I, I yeah, like and I think that. if if yeah, out of all the places it could pop up unexpectedly, this is probably the least likely one, I would say. Um, I, I like you giving it to the Batman. I kind of wish I gave it to the Batman now too, but I'm not going to change it. I just um, want more love for the Batman. We're going to get to cinematography. I have more things to say about the Batman with cinematography, but we'll see. Uh, which actually is next, so that's yeah. probably a good segue. You should just jump right into it. Oh. So the Batman, I have two should have been nominated here, which we can start with. Cinematography, ridiculously strange nomination, set of nominations, I think. Because I think Going into it, everyone thought Top Gun Maverick was going to be the front runner, and then it didn't even get nominated. That makes no sense to me. That movie looks great. It's shot really well. I just, yeah, why is that not in here? Because it's in so many other places. And then also, Greg Frazier just won last year for Dune. He's also doing great work in The Batman. Some of the most, like, dramatic and beautiful shots, like the where he's coming out of the fire... Mm-hmm. All the stuff from the end. It's just like there's just so much in there that's really iconic looking and 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 just like makes it feel like a Batman story to me. That I really wish that had gotten nominated here as well. But but here we are with Well, if, if before we do the nominations, can I yes. I, I wanna say I had two um that I, I also wanna nominate, although I end up only wanting to sort of replace one movie, which we'll talk about. Uh but uh it, I had Top Gun Maverick, obviously, on, on the list. I, I respect uh, the Batman being on it. I wanted no, uh to get nominated here um, because I thought that that movie looked beautiful. It had a cinematographer in the movie as a character. It, like, it, it, to me, like, there's there was things they were doing in terms of how they filmed the, the night scenes that were incredible and actually worked in a way that a lot of other sort of darkness scenes have been um, sort of falling uh, in, in uh, genre storytelling. So uh, I would have loved Nope to get in there. I also think Nope should have gotten more recognition in general. Um, and, uh, but this is the place where like, if it was only going to get one nomination, I would have liked it to be here. It is really weird that Nope is not in here, but other movies that also came out early in the year. Yes. Are. Because I feel like people made the excuse that, oh, it came out in the summer. Everyone forgot about it. But a bunch of the major nominees in play. Too weird. It was too weird for them. They couldn't handle it. Yeah. They'll figure it out. (laughs) Their kids are going to love it. So the nominees that actually did make it in, some of which are are head scratchers, All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, which I didn't realize until just now has a longer title, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Correct. It's the first time I'm seeing that. Elvis, <laughs> Empire of Light, and Tar. Yeah. So what's your what's your will then? Let's well let, let's like yeah. What are your what was your reaction to the set of nominees and to follow up on that and what what is your what do you predict here? Okay. Yeah. I want to sort of build. Uh, I guess build up here. So 
look, it, it's weird. But then as I sort of sat down and was looking at it, it, it isn't like, it isn't that odd overall. When your weakest nomination is to Roger Deakins, it's like, okay, like this is, this isn't that bad of a category. But he's only in here because he's Roger Deakins. Correct. Um, and so that's why that's the movie I would for sure take out. Um, I actually like, it, it, it is, it is very, I feel like poor Sam Mendes was just like, he watched Roma and he was like, I'm going to make a movie about when I was coming up and I'm going to bring in a bunch of social issues and I'm going to like do all this stuff. And then like Spielberg was like, like just slapped down the Fablemans like on next to him. And it was just like, boom, I'm doing it too. I've been talking about it for 30 years and Sam Mendes got flushed out the door, but um, uh, the movie's not bad. Uh, it's, it's sort of charming. It has some, uh, uh, it's easy to get really cynical about it, I guess. Like you can be a real cynical viewer of it. And, you know, there's, there is some big white guy writer director energy to like this, the, stri- the struggle of this woman and this black man um, that like does come up, like, you know, you kind of butt up against that. Um, but it is gorgeous. And it's Roger Deakins. He does a great job. Um, congratulations on another nomination. He was the, it's easy to forget. He was the Diane Warren. Of cinematography. That is true. Along. He had what, 13 nominations before he finally won, but now he's won twice. So maybe it's okay if we can we pop the brakes and did one of those other movies we talked about earlier. And I had assumed I was going to say the same thing about Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. That movie's gorgeous. Like I watched it. It's, it's insane. It's an insane movie. It's, uh, I it, haven't it, seen it yet. Why would you? It's, it's two hours and 45 minutes. Um, it is impossible to find on net. You have to get to the O in Bardo to get it to come up on the Netflix search. It's a Netflix exclusive and you got to get to the O. They're just like, forget it. No, we're, it's, it's what, what is coming up if you push put Bard? Um, I don't know. It's probably Bardo. I think I was, <laughs> I, I, I over, okay. I over, but I put BAR and thought I would get it and I, I didn't. Um, and then I put the DO back to that. So that's, yeah, uh, that's strange. That should be something that's on their splash page constantly. You think, but I think, you know, it's, it is, it's not that it's a hard watch. It's a weird watch. It is, uh, it, it basically, this is the way I, I described it. It's the most Fellini-esque sequences of eight and a half mixed in with the last 20 minutes of all that jazz and then sprinkle in, uh, uh, the, in your particular mix of like ego and pretension and then be like, great. It's a two hour and 45 minute dream sequence. Nothing logical happens the entire time. Like you have to go through the entire movie to figure out the sequence of events that actually happen that happens in about seven actual minutes. You're but really upselling this. Here. Minutes. And like, it's kind of great, but it's also like, it, it's everything great and terrible about something that sounds like that. Um, but like, you know, again, think about like what a crazy dream sequence looks like. And like the camera's always moving around and swooping and it will be like, in a house and the house, like they walk through a door and it's a palace in Mexico city. And then there's like uh, soldiers from the war of independence, like a hundred soldiers run in. And then like you pan up and someone who was in a house is in a clock tower. Like the camera moves are insane. So I do understand why I got a nomination. I got real close to saying I'm putting this as my should win, but that's too crazy. So like, I'm just going to keep it as a nominee uh, even though everyone who everyone, but is, you look so gleeful as you're describing this, though that's the it's thing. crazy. But I also like zoned out for an hour in the middle of it because it, was, it got really boring. This, so, this sounds like films that I had to watch in evening screenings for film classes that I took. Yes, 
it, it is, it is like when people like when, 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 when I think about when I was a kid and I would hear about pretentious foreign movies or pretentious art movies, like it's a hundred percent that it is exactly what, like when Seinfeld would do jokes about going to see a movie with subtitles, it's a movie like this. Mm. Um, and you know, I kind of like that sometimes maybe I was just like vibing the night I saw it. Um, but, uh, anyway, I'm not going to recommend it to anyone unless any of the things I said kind of made it sound appealing. I will also say that I was, cause I was, I was Googling it during the movie, which is bad, especially when it's a movie I'm watching for the visuals and because there's subtitles. Um, but I was Googling during it and apparently, uh, in your reader described it as his seventies concept album. Like it's his version of like dark side of the moon. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a there's two direct references to the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, the Genesis album. So he was coming for me, like 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 directly. Uh, so you know, like if if any of that sounds appealing, uh, the like the, this sort of pretentious mess, it's worth watching. Otherwise, don't. That said, I'm I'm comfortable with it having the nomination given all of that. Um, in terms of Tar, like it doesn't feel like a movie where you're like, well, the cinematography, but I did see, and I, I couldn't remember who it was or where I saw it. I saw someone online, like a fleeting screen cap of a tweet or something say like the number of screenshots that have been shared from tar in the last like four months underscores that the cinematography is worthy because like, there's so many, like just the, just like the, the still images from the movie are, are so frequently arresting that it's like, yeah. And I love tar. So I'm glad it, got some a nomination here though i don't think it will or should win uh i have will win is all quiet on the western front and i have should win as elvis this is this is my main push wow you're really on the elvis train this is well, amazing you can I'll, I'll tell you why there has only been uh three women who have ever been nominated as a cinematographer oh, right, and yeah. this would be the first women woman to win again i kind of feel like all things being like relatively equal because it's it feels like it's coming down to the battle between these craft giants this year all quiet and elvis i'd rather elvis win give it uh uh give it to mandy walker let her have this like piece of history and i also then and she very recently i want to say this past weekend became the first female uh, director of photography to win asc which is the american society of cinematographers for those or the guild and yeah. for those of you who are listening at home, it's possible that like, you know, that might be the, the a flip and that like that puts her in the uh, puts Elvis in the will win. But um, the but thing, yeah. though, is that it it wasn't going up against all quiet. That's true. So we don't yet know what happens when those two are competing against each other, which is why I have all quiet as my will win. But at the, but it was at this point where I'm like, am I overestimating how well All Quiet is going to do? Am I doing this too often where I'm like, it's going to sneak in in places we don't expect and I'm doing that everywhere. So that could be a problem. I'll have to like step back after all this is done and assess how many Oscars I have All Quiet winning and whether that's reasonable. Um, that's fair. And I, I will just note, while I do have Elvis winning two categories, uh, I have... Uh, again, in, in my should win, not in my will win, but in my should win, uh, I have it for makeup and hairstyling and I have it for uh, for here. Uh, that would be it. I wouldn't like if, if I was voting, I wouldn't vote for Austin Butler. Like all due respect, like he's great, but I would vote for Colin Farrell. So part of me should winning Elvis down here is sort of like you get two awards like as a treat. 
uh, you know, for, for, for being, for being, you know, real plucky. Um, and, and that's what Elvis gets. And, and again, like I, I would like to see the history of, uh, uh, the, the woman winning. Uh, I'm a woke. No, I like it. I can get behind that. My should win is actually tar. Great. I love that. For the kind of for the reason that you said, because it's not, I feel like this category historically is very biased towards sweeping landscapes and exteriors like that's why i think all quiet's gonna win because it's the film that it's the it's the epic war film that has those and people are gonna be like that's cinematography but i feel like tar was so great at establishing a sense of place and many senses of places and and it was oftentimes the the breathtaking shots were interiors where it's like the orchestra hall her house Right, which becomes this like weird, like haunted, creepy space of her like psychological guilt, and then you know even that like cinder block apartment, if we can call it apartment building. It's uh, how- the beginning of the dream sequence that is the last thirty minutes of the movie. We don't know. Right. We don't know that. Oh, you're ascribing. Yeah, that's right. You ascribe to the dream. Sequence. I don't, I don't ascribe to. Re- it. I-, I don't know if I'm ready to say that yet. But spoilers. Just go watch Tar. It's amazing. Uh, but yeah. So like that's for me. I feel like it's. It's the type of cinematography that is as worthy as what tr- traditionally wins here, but is not is not going to be recognized. So that's why I I love it as the as the should win. And I, yeah, I feel like it just contributes so much to the feeling you get from the movie. The sort of like the haunting, like to borrow Antonio's word, like the the haunting nature of it. I feel like it, it is that because of the cinematography. Yeah, I I mean I I fully agree. I would I would love it if it won. Uh, I'm. You know, not in a million I, years is it going to, but I, no, I would love it. Um, right. If it, well, that's, that's the beginning of the tar run. If, uh, if it wins cinematography, right. Then we know something's right. actress, director, picture. Um, I mean, it's nominated. Anna Dobbins six, eats forever. Six, uh, yeah. Six. I think it has six nominations. It does. I forget what those six one is. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we can find it. Um, the poem is when you, when you do a find on the Wikipedia page for the Oscars, it brings up all the Avatar nominations too. So, I mean, this is, this is the struggle. Um, but yeah, I, I, I fully, I hear you. I, uh, uh I'm, I'm in on that. I, I would, I would strongly support, uh, uh, Tar winning even more than I would support Bardo winning, even though I, I did kind of like Bardo. So editing is next. Mm-hmm. This one I feel like is interesting, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of torn about it. But I want to hear your th- well. Let, let's read the nominees. So it's Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. So this so is where- the Tar nomination that we were forgetting is right here. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um. So I uh, my my first minor thought is there's a there's a timeline. There, there's a it's a multiverse where one of them is the Banshees of Inisherin multiverse and one of them is Tar uh, the, the the Tar timeline and that like where it's it's getting these awards because that's the movie that is just like picked momentum and I would gladly live in either of those timelines I I, I love everything everywhere all at once uh, that that is like I think that is my favorite but Banshees and Tar are two and three right behind it so uh, I'm glad they're nominated they have no shot of winning. Um, when, nope. when, uh, when, when a Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie is not frenetic enough to uh, really be in the running 
for uh for the editing award um you know those two movies are not are not going to get it um but i i feel like i to to defer what do you think should win i i don't want to to always go should win i think i think everywhere everything everywhere all at once should win Uh, and i think it's i think it's going to win but we'll get to like how i'm i'm being torn and torn apart by this category so i I think i know i think i know why you're torn apart um, because I have it, I have everything everywhere will winning. This is the craft nominee. This is the craft win. I think the tail does pick up where mm. it's like, so there's enough momentum for it that it, it, it gets votes here. And that also helps kind of, you know, clarify, you know, some of the other categories for people where they're like, I do really want to support this movie. Um, but like, that means I can throw th- another movie a bone somewhere else. So I think that it wins here. And just the idea of having to like, control all the different timelines show the cuts everywhere like it's a lot of times uh you know when when, at least when people i don't want to necessarily say all academy voters but a lot of people think about editing and think about the most editing where it's like there's a lot happening um and uh you know that's a flawed uh approach probably um but this has most editing or a lot of editing that is very effective in lots of different ways so yeah and it's serving the story like it's a it's a fundamental part of the story so i feel like this is the one time where the more editing because it's so it's also so good right this movie falls apart if the editing doesn't work yeah totally because we're jumping from place to place and time to time and all that sort of thing so yeah to me i feel like it makes sense and it's yeah. not just flashy for the sake of being flashy, right? It's it's flashy with purpose. Right. And so to be clear, I I I have it under will win and I will love it when it wins or, or if it wins. Um I did should win Top Gun Maverick. Because to me, I'm like, well, this is you didn't give yes. it to you didn't do that. So let's give it similar to giving Avatar Way of Water production design, which will never happen. This is the sort of like, let's give it to, like, I want Top Gun to get two Oscars. Okay. Like let's, let's do that. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, it is sort of a, a, a replacement for cinematography, but it's like, you've got all the planes and you've got all the action and all these things. And like, it was pretty impeccable. Like no one got lost. Like yeah. action directing is it's so easy, easy to follow. To yeah. And it shouldn't be. No. And yeah, they did a great job. And as I as I think you are prepared to talk about more than I am, this category and the next category are usually pretty linked. And uh I, I believe, if I'm correct, everything everywhere all at once is not nominated in the next category. Correct. Um, so uh, you know, that is a potential boost to Top Gun Maverick winning both this film editing and then the next category, which is sound. Yeah, so there's a strong statistic. I mean, I don't know what the actual percentage is or anything like that, but historically, what wins editing wins sound and vice versa. Like those are paired together. And I feel like I've been burned so many times where I'm like, oh, well, maybe this is the year that they split. And then I'm wrong. That's kind of why I'm really gun shy about about splitting. I was leaning on the website Awards Watch that sort of gave a lot of overview on things. And they had the stat since the last decade, since 2013, 100% correlation between editing and what it used to be two sound categories so it used to be at least one of the sounds right that's the thing that makes it more complicated but yeah keep going well that that was i just wanted to interject that to say for at least the last 10 oscars it's done yeah that's the thing and i feel like the the comment i hear a lot is well the stat is going to fall eventually because we've consolidated sound editing and sound mixing into one sound category 
Because what used to happen is that there were two opportunities for a film to be the same as sound. And now there's only one. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes, yeah, it becomes more complicated. But I feel like, again, I've fallen for that before and have been burned. So that's why I'm like, I don't know. I feel like maybe Top Gun should be both win, be winning both of these categories. But then we look at editing in isolation. That doesn't totally make sense because everything everywhere just won ACE, which is the Guild Award for that, for editing, right? Uh, and well, it just makes so much sense because of the type of editing that's in it and that it's so central to the story. Everything everywhere is going to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. most likely right it's going to have a big night so like this this makes sense because oftentimes editing gets cited as the indicator or the thing that one of the major awards that you need in order to have a pass to winning best picture yeah i, I will just note uh, i also looked at the american cinema editor awards uh everything everywhere won best edited feature comedy top gun maverick won best edited feature drama so they both won at those awards. So we're still split. Like we're still kind of in this. I know, but. But you're I right. Everything like, you say is right. Every, like that's, you, you know. Uh, yeah, this is, this category is stressing me out. It's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know where to go with it. Yeah. I mean, again, in the, in the, like, I, th- I think that I approach thinking about these things as just sort of like, well, this is what I'd want to vote for. And like, I, whereas I think you have spent more time going to like parties that have like competitions about like ballot. Uh, ballot things, which, you know, I, I haven't Correct. done that often. So I doesn't like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a little more, uh, uh, loose and laissez faire about like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm choosing to actually win. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm more that like, I would love, you know, just again, working under the assumption, which hopefully is not a false one that everything everywhere is going to get at least like three big awards, uh, picture director, sporting actor, maybe more, um, that, uh, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine if it doesn't get editing. Um, whereas like two-time Academy Award winner Top Gun Maverick, like pretty fun. Like that's a fun thing to exist. To That's the thing too, is I don't think Top Gun can go home empty-handed. Yes, agreed. I just don't think that's happening. And so well, then the question becomes, is it going to get one? Is it going to get these two and that's it? Right, like, because that's, this is, these are, these two categories, editing and sound are its best chances, I think, to get something. Yeah, and I think, to to uh, merge these even further, uh, I I mean I have Top Gun Maverick will win should win for sound like that's you know we we know we know that planes can go zoom what this award as, as do is. I what this right. award presupposes is maybe they also go vroom uh, and so you know it's it's uh, you know it's there it's been winning the like a, a ton of the precursors it's you know it's not the lock of visual effects for avatar but like you said people don't want it to not get an award it you know it made a ton of money it made more money in america than avatar way of water did it's i think it's in the top 10 worldwide even though it's very sort of domestic heavy uh in the box office it you know everyone everyone ran to tom cruise and said you saved the movies uh at the at the luncheons and people are pumped about it they don't want it to not win so i think that i think it has sound in the bag i think that the dilemma, I was going to say your dilemma, like it's only your fault. Um, but the dilemma that, that that is being faced about editing isn't, are these two, like, I feel like if it, if it, if, if Top Gun Maverick doesn't win sound, the two just aren't lined up. Like, you know, they're like, I don't know how much overlap there is, but like yeah. All Quiet isn't nominated in editing. 
And but here's the thing. Hmm. There's a good shot that All Quiet can win in sound because it's a war movie. This is true. So planes go vroom. Bombs go or boom. goes boom. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm totally stealing that from uh, Oscars Central, which is a new Oscars podcast I just discovered. Uh, they they said something similar where they're like, is it going to be the airplanes or going to be the bombs? Like, which which is the louder thing that people are going to pay attention to? So I feel like, and and the problem is that we haven't had a war movie up in this category since it consolidated to one sound category because 1917 or no hacks like like we had hacksaw ridge that one i believe 1917 one and then i think right after that maybe Mm -hmm. is when they combine them and we haven't had any war movies in contention since then so it's like this is untested waters for like what is what a movie like top gun because like top gun to me is also like the ford v ferrari nominee where it's like yeah it's the it's the loud roaring of engines like you know that's the that's the appeal so So back in the day that would have been the divide is yeah exactly so like there were you know if we were back to two sound categories one would be winning each and we'd be fine yeah i I will just say um i think that you're right because this movie doesn't count because it barely exists let alone like had any shot of winning but the tom hanks movie greyhound which it was a you know naval battle movie did get nominated but like I don't think anyone thought. Oh, right. Where, um, and, you know, Sound of Metal was just the obvious winner. And so, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't really discussed. But I, so that's not a real test. To, to I either. think the Sound of Metal year is where I split and then I regretted it, I want to say. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's right. Because it's, that was, that was a very, I feel like that was a surprise when it won editing. Editing, yeah. Um, like everyone's and like. And then so, everyone's like, we're never going against the stat again. It's not called editing of metal. And here we are. Me going against the stat, probably. No. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you, you're right, and this this is another bellwether of is there a real all quiet push to you know is there is there a 15 minutes before the armistice uh, uh, last minute push to try to uh, uh, get all quiet into a bunch of extra awards? Wow, spoilers for real real, real history. Oh yeah, spoil yeah spoil, spoilers for the <laughs> armistice. Day. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Um, there's, uh, there's a, it's a tangent on a tangent. There's an interest. I read an interesting, uh, this is a, a very strange sentence to say, but an interesting letterbox review, um, from Jamel Bowie, uh, a columnist of the New York times that talked about why he thought all quiet was a bad adaptation. Um, and, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but it's worth looking up if anyone wants to do that. Um, but anyway, uh, and it, it also spoils the book and to a degree, world war one, uh, and to another degree, world war two. Um, but, or at least the lead up to World War II. So, uh, anyway, the, uh, you know, I, I, I think that if, if it wins here, if it does win sound, if All Quiet beats Top Gun Maverick, which is, uh, again, not like a, not a, as surefire as Avatar, but is firmly in the lead, then All Quiet is on a rampage and mm. start to be worried about Best Picture. Oh, no. Oh, I'm not willing to go there yet. Well, That's... if it wins sound, if it starts to win these extra craft categories, if it picks up four or five, I don't think it can get all six. But if it wins like four or five of these lower awards, then, you know, I, I, I'm a, I, I didn't hear because uh, you just recorded it. Um, but I'm assuming you and Greg uh, said that All Quiet's going to win 
international. We did. And we said that's um, the minimum, right? That's where, yeah. that's what I said. I said, that's where it starts. That's, so that's the minimum. That's where it starts. And, and then it's like, how much more is it going to get on top of that? Um, it feels like, it feels like that and score are like pretty close. Like international is a done deal. Score is likely, but then if it goes, if it starts creeping beyond that. If, if it gets two or three more than that, I'm worried. I'm just going to say I start. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm I'm probably going to flip-flop with these two categories a bunch and try to figure out what makes the most sense for my overall total, like for how many how many films, how many nominations or wins for each film, and if that makes sense. Because again, like, I don't think Top Gun goes empty-handed, so if I have, it's like this weird trail where I'm like, okay, Top Gun can't go empty-handed, it's probably going to win sound, but then that also means it has to win editing according to the, the stat that we're talking right. about. But then that doesn't make sense because everything everywhere is also favorite is like the favorite in editing right now. So it's like, then I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> how, it's broken. How, how do we make it go? <laughs> but wait, all quiet can't win editing. It's not nominated in editing. Did I did I just miss correct? Me? Correct. But I'm just saying that like oh so yeah then then but that's what loops me back to all quiet and sound because I'm like well. If everything everywhere is winning editing and it's no. going to split anyway, then what maybe, maybe it's Top Gun's not in it at all. And then sound, it's going to be sound for all quiet and everything everywhere in edit editing. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. The only movies that could take to fill the historical requirement uh, or, or keep the pattern going, I guess I should say, I shouldn't say requirement, um, is Top Gun Maverick or Elvis. Is there an Elvis push that gets You're Elvis? back on the Elvis train. I love it. Okay. No, I, I don't want it. I'm no, I'm off the train at, the, at these stations. Uh, however, I'm just saying those are the only two movies that are nominated in both. For both, yeah. So, right. So, so if the stats holding. Uh... If the stats holding, I feel like it's more that it pushes Maverick up in editing than it, it takes Maverick out in sound. Unless it's just like, it's just a shattering where it, it wins it like a movie nominated in both doesn't win either. And it's all quiet in sound and everything everywhere in um, uh, editing. I mean, yeah. I don't really know why I'm, I'm thinking that Top Gun can't be sound and then everything everywhere. Editing. I'm just saying that like, if we're splitting them, then it becomes a more open field. It's because you made a promise to yourself after losing the sound yes. of metal editing award. And you said, I'm, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. And here I am about to do it. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I so, mean, anyway. Yeah. Welcome to my Oscar prediction neuroses. Everyone. I, I mean, the important thing is we're all having fun. Let's go to original song. So, so what are the nominees? Jen? Yes. Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, a yeah, movie no one has seen. Everyone's favorite movie. Uh, except for Greg. Oh my God. Yes. He's amazing. Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. That is Lady Gaga's song. Mm-hmm. Lift Me Up from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. That is Rihanna's song. Not To, Not To from RRR. And This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's David Byrne. As the, I, I believe the big name attached to that one. Uh, and, well, and Mitski, who is a rising indie rock uh, okay. singer-songwriter. Yeah, this is a blind spot for me in terms of music. So I'm um, just going to go with what you're saying. I, I'm like... I'm probably legally blind, but I can, I can still, like, I can't drive, but I can, you know, go walk, um, go out for a walk in, in this area. And I've heard of Mitski. So I feel like that must be a big name if it's gotten to me. Um, all right. What do you got? I mean, look, I mean, Will Win Should Win is not to, not to. Yeah. Um, 
a uh, for for RRR a movie I have sadly not seen have only heard amazing this things. is this is the most egregious thing you've said on this podcast i i agree i, I i'm fully with you uh, i have no excuse uh and uh, i would love to lie and say i'm waiting to see it on the big screen but i'm i'm not i would watch it on tv it's just that it's three hours and again i want to pay attention to it and every time i'm, I'm alone it's broken up into parts so you can parse it out yes. that's what i ended up doing I, well i also I know, I know we're generally against that, but no, I, but you know. I, I, I will do that. Uh, I, I will, you know, I will say that, uh, uh, I've, it, it's been made clear to me that's a movie I'm probably watching on my own in my house. Um, that's not, uh, my, my, my fellow movie watcher is not particularly interested in it. Uh, no description I've given has been, uh, persuasive. Uh, so, uh, you know, the windows of time when I have, uh, uh, to watch the TV by myself, um, yeah, a, a three hour no, I get, I get that. full attention commitment is, uh, just hasn't, it hasn't gone over the hump yet. Um, but I do want to see it. The song's great. I've listened to the song. Uh, and, and I love, again, knowing little about it, and I should stop talking soon. Um, I love that it is a song in the movie, the characters perform and have, have a whole dance too from, I've heard, I've also not watched like the scene because I want to see it in the context of the movie. So I don't know. I just know. Oh no, just watch it. Just watch the, the, no, the YouTube video. Dude, no, you got to do it. It's fine. You'll watch it like 10 times. It's fine. I'll watch them perform it at the Oscars. It's it fine. won't, it won't dilute the experience of the whole movie. Okay. There's, there's so much more in the movie. Okay. Well, <laughs> I anyway, don't even understand. It's not an end credits thing. It's part yeah. of the movie. And I love that. I prefer that to my, to my songs. It's international. It's getting the Indian uh, market, uh, you know, film uh, community uh, in. And, you know, there was this like sequence of uh, events, uh, which were, was mostly it just not getting uh, any nominations anywhere else. And India, foolishly, I, I assume foolishly, I don't know, choosing to not submit it as its movie this year. Um, so it wasn't up for international uh, feature. So this is the place to reward it. People liked it going to make the academy feel real good about itself for you know being there's going to be a live performance of the song during the ceremony yes i i I believe people are are maybe more excited about the performance than they are about the 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 high potential of it winning but um but yeah people love it It, 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 from your reaction it seems you also are are choosing it yes this is exactly what i have i mean for exactly what you just said it's, it's, everyone's going to, fu- everyone who loves this movie is going to funnel their energy, voting energy into this one category because it's the only place they can record it. I suppose there's a universe in which we're just overestimating how many people like this movie or have seen it. But I feel like when it came out, it was a pretty big deal in terms of critical attention, but also, you know, it's, it's streaming on Netflix. If you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about, it's an, it's an epic action movie. That is maximalist in the best way. And you really need to see it. UPT really need to see it. I I, I do. I do. Uh, I was just thinking how that description has not, would not persuade uh, Jasmine uh, one inch to, to want to. uh, Which which is fair. I think Uh, that, I think that this is like, to me, I'm pretty confident about this. I will be upset if this doesn't win as much as I, you know, appreciate the artists that are also nominated. I feel like, this is this just needs to happen it's going to be magical mm-hmm. you know and this ca- category has historically been plagued by end credit songs no matter how good the actual songs are mm-hmm. 
it makes and you know i'm 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 channeling amanda dobbins from the big picture here because she every year goes on a rant about this category and how it makes no sense and it's like just an excuse if we're just using an excuse to get famous musical artists at the show why don't we just like be open about that mm-hmm. right at, like why do we and and like shouldn't this be more about music that's actually meaningful to the story of the movie as opposed to this arms race that movies have now with end credits songs because they know that if they get if you get Lady Gaga to do your end credit song, good chance it's going to get nominated for an Oscar, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what kind of driving it more than actually like how the music is serving the story uh, or the actual film itself at all. So so that's why I love this as a win uh, because, yeah, the and the dance that goes with this is just incredible. It's a high energy song. It's like a very happy, peppy song. I'm totally fine with this winning as like a... We couldn't not vote for this in international features, so we're going to vote for it here. I think that's totally fine. Yeah. And I would think that people who haven't seen the movie, who only listen to the song, to all the songs, the other songs are not like, there's no like sort of, this is an undeniable song. Like, oh my God. Like the Lady Gaga song was great in the context of Top Gun Maverick. It was not a hit. It didn't, you know, go anywhere. It's not like people are like, oh, but this song, like, right. you know, everyone loved. Um, same with the Rihanna song from Black Panther. Um, so, you know, it, it would be, it would feel very strange, especially because Lady Gaga just recently won for a song that was important to the, the, the thread of the movie. Um, so, you know, she got her Oscar. Um, so, you know, is it really like we gotta have Rihanna winning an Oscar? It doesn't feel who, like that's going to overcome. Who, them. yeah, who's in line to upset here? I guess I hadn't really put much thought into that. To me, it would be on everything, everywhere, all at once, Stampede. Mm, oh, and that makes sense. And then, it, which is also David Byrne. And, uh, uh, yeah, for the few people are like Mitski and Sunlux. Um, you know, I don't know if that's like necessarily a thing, but they're like, oh yeah, that song from the movie. I love the movie. Like, I'm going to do that. I don't know this other thing. Uh, and like the, I think it would, that would partially be again a like, Okay, like it's on, like get your, get the, and start your engines. Um, the, 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 the train's zooming. Um, but also a presumption of everyone's voting for not to, not to. Like I could vote for, uh, sure. thing song. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only real like path. Um, but I think it's, it's not the avatar visual effects lock, but this is, this is pretty close to a, to a lock. Yeah. Um, do you we... want to share any other thoughts about any of the other nominees? Listen, I, I just feel like at this point, it's borderline cruel to do this to Diane Warren every year. I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not Greg. I don't watch all the movies. Like Greg has to endure movies. For, that, for listeners know. who don't even know who Diane Warren is, can you just like, can you just quickly explain? Yes. Diane Warren is a, is a very famous, incredibly successful um, pop songwriter uh, who has been nominated Oh boy, now um, eleven? No, this is like fourteen or fifteen. Oh wait, really? I I I mean it's so many I don't want to count on the fly. Um I'm Googling it. It's 14 Academy Award nominations. Um and uh starting in the eighties. And uh uh, I will I spent a little too much time thinking about this. I'm gonna try to be brief on it. But essentially she's she's a she's a, a pop songwriter had written a bunch of pop songs outside of the context of movies but um there's some like like she has this sort of trajectory just within the sort of realm of the academy um that is really interesting 
slash uh, borderline cruel, um, which is so in the 80s, she gets one nomination for a, a movie I like, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship from the movie Mannequin. Fun song. It feels like it could have won, except it was up against Dirty Dancing and I've had the time of my life. So, you know, bad beat, but, you know, it's, she lost. Um, then from 96 to 2001, she gets nominated one, two, three, four, five times uh, across that span. And it's a bunch of, you know, what you would think like 90s, big ballad, Celine Dion, Faith Hill, uh, oh, yeah. and Rhymes. Um, you know, there's. You should describe all the middle school and high school dances I've ever been to. <laughs> so uh, the, when when I was going through this and I was talking about it with uh, Jasmine, my uh, aforementioned non RR watching uh, life partner, uh, I was just sort of like, yeah, she wrote all these songs that were nominated that I don't know because in the nineties I was like too cool for pop songs, and so I was like, yeah, it's because you loved me or how do I live or music of my heart, and she was like. Oh my God, like each of them were just like middle school, high school dances for her. Um, and, you know, crank up, crank up the, the radio, the hit, the, you know, pop, pop radio, um, when it, when they come on. Um, and just like, again, a series of like, as a big song loses to like, my heart will go on, uh, or loses to the Andrew Lloyd Webber's new Avita song from the Avita movie. Just oh, wow. like bad beats, real yep, bad. Beats. Yep. Yeah. Um, we can't, we can't call any of those probably. Right. And then. Uh, there's a gap and this is what I don't understand. And, and this is where I didn't dig in maybe deep enough, but from 2001, there's no nomination between 2001, 2014, starting in 2014, some virus activates in the collective brain of the music branch of the Academy that says Diane Warren has to win an Academy Award. She, there has only been one year since 2014 that she's not nominated for an Oscar. And it's the only year that she did not write a movie that was eligible to be nominated for an Oscar. She did not write a song for a movie that, that could be nominated. Um, so she's been nominated every year. Every year, it's the song that everyone's like, why is this song nominated? Oh, Diane Warren did it. And no one, almost no one knows the movie. No one knows the song. When they hear the song, very few people like the song. And they're just sort of like, why, why are we doing this? And it's just this like, please end Diane Warren's pain. And can we, can we give her an Oscar? And this year she's receiving an honorary Oscar. And I think there was a hope of here, we're giving her an Oscar. Will you please stop nominating her? Make her come to the uh, ceremony and be Susan Lucci for another year um, where she's just not going to win. And the music branch was like, no we're tell it tell it like a woman will will be an oscar nominated movie so we can get uh applause in I, I will say in the in the can we go back and change history there's two times where i think we could have we could have helped this we could have prevented this where she could have won like I, I think she's got a good shot um the most recent one let's see uh 20 2015 <laughs> which this is this is tough um cuz it's from a documentary called the hunting ground which is uh, about the very fun topic of campus rape. Um, And uh, apparently a bunch of the claims in the movie started to fall apart under some scrutiny, which is not to say that campus rape is not a problem. Uh, However, there were some issues with the movie, um, which I don't think helped the case for the one nomination it got, which was for best song, but was co-written by Diane Warren and a free star is born Lady Gaga. So um, it's like, Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I feel like if if the movie maybe was just like even just like more of a nothing burger than what it was, it could have won because the song that won that year was the Sam Smith Spectre song, 
the writings on the wall, which isn't even the best song written for the opening credits of Spectre, uh, let alone the best song of the year. Radiohead wrote a song called Spectre for the Spectre opening credits that the producers rejected. It's a much better song. Um, but, uh, so I feel like she, she should have won there and, and her nightmare and by extension ours would be over. I would also contend that in 1998, um, she lost to When You Believe from Prince of Egypt. Uh, and I forget, Stephen, is it Stephen Schwartz who wrote that? He had just won for Pocahontas. Two, two Oscars for Pocahontas, the same person who had two Oscars already. Um, and she was nominated for I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, the Aerosmith song from Armageddon, which, I mean, I don't love that song, but like. Right, but that's iconic. Song. Like people. Yeah. People still use that song and other things now. It's, it's, yeah. So I feel like, you know, that's, that's probably where we could have called this if, if we could time machine change history. You know, I think. I think Stephen Schwartz. Because be- if we had the ability to travel through time, this is what we would need to address. Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think step one would be, let's get, let's get Diane Warren some peace at night. Um, so, uh, which, I mean, it's very possible Diane Warren is just like, this is really fun. I love my, my infamy and like, I, it's really her just trolling all of us. Yeah. Or, you know, or, you know, she's just like, yeah, nominate me. Don't nominate me. I don't care. I'm in my mansion in Beverly Hills somewhere. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that song was nominated. I listened to it twice. I can't tell you anything about it. Uh, I will say there are, I think, a bunch of songs that could have been nominated instead. Um, my choice that would replace, um, uh, the, the Diane Warren song is New Body Rumba, um, which is the LCD sound system song from the end of White Noise, uh, a movie that mostly didn't work for me. Um, but that's, it, it is an end credit song, but it's also kind of a scene in, in the movie. Mm. Uh, it was just like super enjoyable. So I, uh, I wouldn't want it to win over Natu Natu, but I would love for that to get nominated. Nice. Well, thank you for the definitive breakdown of Diane Warren. That was incredible. I, I now, I now uh, feel I mean, so much more informed I'm, about why I, we're torturing you know, her. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I think, I think that's us wrapping these categories up. We did it. I think we did. I think we did them justice. I think, I think so. We, po- Maybe. we pointed to where things are sticky. It, it's possible are. we did too much justice. This, this was, this was an extensive. No, no such thing. No such thing. Okay. So I just want to, at the risk of making this even longer, I want to open it up. Are there bold predictions that you have outside of these categories? Any, any other sort of Oscar? thoughts that maybe we didn't cover that we covered I don't, lot, so. I, I don't think that I can I can uh you know it's, it's been covered so well again I have not been able to listen to episode two uh of this of the, the middle part of this trilogy but I have full confidence you and Greg uh covered all those categories that I've thought very little about um uh very well so that's uh that's good and uh you, you and Antonio I think I think you know, we had you we shared a lot of thoughts. The, the thing that for some reason is sticking out in my mind, which is completely accurate, but I still found really funny was like this idea from that episode and also from general Oscar prognostication where it was like, well, the BAFTAs didn't award this very Irish movie, the Banshees of uh, Inishirin. And if the British don't like the Irish, I mean, who will? Uh, and it was just sort of like, I don't know what that really, it, it does track because of the film industry of it all. Um, but like, that's, just, that is something that's inherently funny. Um, you know, I, I, 
when I was sort of sketching out again, I think more about who I, who I want to win than uh, who I feel like, you know, like the, the sort of predicting, I guess, aspect of it. Uh, but when I was sketching it out, I do still have Kate Blanchett winning. Cause I think that's the only place that Tar can get anything. Yeah. That's where I'm at still too. I do think that Tar, you know, is going to have it, which it's tough because that, you know, is, maybe is the performance of the year, but it's also just like, you've got to, like, again, can we, if we, is there some way to go back and get Michelle Yeoh a different Oscar and then take Blue Jasmine away from Kate Blanchett and give it to her in Tar? And then, you know, what's the domino effect? That's the, the Joe Reed from this had Oscar buzz. We'll, we'll write those sort of what if, like domino effects of right. this one award. What, what are other things that may change? Um, so, uh, you know, that's, uh, uh, but I, so I, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, uh, I think, I think it's Kate. I, I think it's going to be Austin Butler. I wish it were Colin Farrell. You know, we've talked about this. I wish, I don't even know if BAFTA still does it, but I know they did certainly back in the seventies. I wish that the Oscars would nominate people for their collection of work in the year. So it wasn't just in one movie. So Colin Farrell could get Banshee's uh, after Yang, criminally under under thought of, um, plus the Batman, plus Thirteen Lives, a movie that apparently the people who see it say is really good. I don't hmm. know if I believe it, but they say he's very good in it. And as the fourth best performance in a uh, a year, like you know, I feel like he would have a better chance of carrying it forward. Yeah, um, sure. I, I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention when we were talking about best actor. I forgot to mention After Yang. I think I talked about the Batman. I would I really like that movie, but after it's great too. If I were building a, a ballot block from the ground up, I would consider voting for him for best actor in After Yang over Banshees. And I, lo- I loved him in Banshees, um, but I wish I, I wish he were still the front runner um, and and him w- had a chance. Yeah, it. that's probably the most tragic state of the race right now yeah. is that Colin Farrell is not even in the running for best it's, actor. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I realize I did not say this during. The recording, I said it beforehand, uh, but I have not seen The Whale. I'm reasonably confident I never will uh, because uh, every year there's one movie that is either uh, looks too depressing or I hear from too many people is not very good. Um, that gets some nominations that I just never end up watching it. And this movie, uh, it, it does both of those things. Um, so I'm probably not going to watch it all, all in on Brendan Fraser as a human being winning it. So if that happens... Great. Right. It's like good um, for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Asa Butler w- was uh, incredible. Uh, and, you know, I, I, again, I would not vote for him. Uh, and I mean, he would probably be, I, I haven't seen Living either. My, my guess is I would end up really wanting Bill Nye to win, um, you know, if for a, a career culmination, uh, if nothing else. And I'm sure the performance would lift it even higher. Um, so yeah, Butler's probably fourth for me, uh, at least. But, um, but yeah, I, I wish Colin Farrell was in the conversation. And I kind of, I, I'm, I'm assuming again, just based on, you know, sort of the dominoes falling that I think Carrie Condon will win supporting actress because there's no other place for Banshees and supporting actress is that one where sort of like, it's usually an Island where it's like, and this movie got one award and it was supporting actress. And it's very strange that Banshees is now that movie when it was like the presumed front runner, like not long ago. Um, and again, there's a timeline where it's having the everything everywhere run. And it was just like, no one will stop Banshees. Um, fingers will be a flying. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, everything I've, everywhere winning WGA has totally thrown my balance. Oscar, my Oscar puzzle balance off because I was really banking on 
original screenplay being where Banshee's got something. But if that's going to everything everywhere now, because it won WGA, then, then I have it winning nothing. And then that's where I'm being pulled towards like, well, then do I have to say Carrie Condon instead of Jamie Lee Curtis? And then there's just like the domino effect where I'm just like, everything's ruined. Right. Again, this is uh, much more stressful for you than it is for me. And I, I'm not taking glee in that. I'm just <laughs> noting that I, I am being glib about these pieces moving. But you're absolutely right. Because, yeah, I was like, well, Banshees will win screenplay. And that's great. Um, uh, uh, you know, that's that's very well deserved. Um, but if, if that's not going to happen, then, uh, you know, yeah, that's that is really interesting because it also would not really be surprising if Angela Bassett won. Like, I know she's sort of faded, but like it's Angela Bassett, like, of course. And she is great in that movie, even if the movie is faded, like Angela Bassett has not. Uh, So like, that would be, that would be absolutely fine. Um, But uh, yeah, the, uh, I would, wait, what do I want to say about adapted screenplay? I do hope it's women talking, even though again, I've not seen that one. Um, very uh, unnerved as a as a man coming on this show of all the movies with women in the title or woman that I've not seen. Um, but uh, I don't feel great about my choices leading up to that. At least you said women talking and not women are talking like Mark Wahlberg. Uh, correct. Um, there's other things that I have not done that Mark Wahlberg has done that uh, I'm glad uh, I, I can I can say. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I it'll be interesting if All Quiet does take that. Um, because that is like a real kind of push for it. Um, and I mean, may- maybe now is the time very briefly, again, the Jamel Bowie letterbox review was that like what, what the movie added in, which I think is, uh, you know, worked in the movie and you, you did reference it earlier. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've thought about it as well, which is the sort of like, here are the sort of mucky muck government generals and leaders who are, you know, negotiating this and they're on the fancy train and all this like nice stuff's happening. That's not in the book, like, which I don't remember because I think I didn't read that book, even though I don't, I don't believe it was ever assigned to me. I remember we read Oliver Twist in my, my English class when the other classes were reading All Quiet on the Western Front. I don't think I was assigned it and didn't do it. I just think I was never assigned it and then didn't read it on my own. But uh, I I have confidence this is correct because I've seen it multiple places that the, leadership thing is not in the book and instead what's in the book that's not in the movie is the soldiers get to go on leave and go home and have to interact with like the people mm. back home and they're all like war's going great like you're doing great you're a hero blah 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 and they are like yeah i remember that and you don't know blah 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 and so the argument the buoy's argument was that that's the heart of the book the book isn't war is bad or that war is hell the book is that this like dynamic in society of people who leave to go and fight like empties out their soul and also allows for people at home to live in this fake reality that like everything is like good and noble and and going fine and so it's interesting that like the movie's very effective people really like it there is an argument that like it does sort of rip out the like part of the heart of the message which is maybe a bad thing for an adaptation mm-hmm. to be. um but that also is potentially just people's perspective on what is the important part of the book because showing you know there, there's there's a reason that a movie about a land war in europe is resonating so hardly with people right now that like oh like this is very bad we shouldn't be back here doing this i'll bet though that more voters just know that it is an adaptation 
rather than what the nuances of that adaptation are, like you're saying. Um, yeah, but I think that's what leans me towards, like, also, like, Sarah Polly, I would love for her to win an Oscar. So, like, I've, I'm pulling for women talking. Um, you know, that's that's how I talk myself into that corner. But I assume All Quiet will win because that's the movie with momentum. And it does a good job getting that story across in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, I'm going to uh, be going back and forth on the screenplay categories. I can see that. Up until Sunday, I would, I think. So we'll we'll see where I land. All right. Well, this was amazing. Uh, it was. And thank you so much for uh, inviting me. I, I'm I'm honored to have been included in this inaugural or potentially concluding uh, a foray of into the long take podcasting. Uh, can people find you anywhere? And I mean, they're where welcome. Can we? Call. Um, I'm uh, uh, it's it's PT McNiff, PT MCNIFF. Uh, on uh, Instagram, uh, I I never post, but if you wanted to send me a message, I would uh, look at it and probably reply. Um, I, my 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 Twitter isn't deactivated, but I don't ever log in anymore, so I wouldn't try me there. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, Instagram's probably the best place. I'm on like Mastodon servers and like Hive, but I don't I don't actually do. And anything. you're on Letterbox, it sounds like. Uh, I, I mean, I'm on Letterboxd. I don't do anything on Letterboxd. I read things uh, uh, on on there. Um, so yes, uh, you you won't get a lot of information about me, but you could contact me, PT McNiff, PTMCNIFF, on Letterboxd. And thank you so much for having me, Jen. This was awesome. Thank you for joining me. Yes, this was this was great. I can't wait to do it again next year. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you for listening. You can follow the long take on Substack at thelongtake.substack.com. Subscribe for free to receive reviews of films with Oscar buzz, as well as new films and series from pop franchises like Star Wars and Marvel.